0: Welcome to EEN Moms Talk. We are going to explore how we are called to care for God's creation, what that looks like for modern moms, and how we can make better choices to protect our kids from environmental harm. Now on to today's episode. Good afternoon, everyone. Welcome to EEM Moms Talks. Um, We are very excited um, because, you know, we're trying to get all the big folks like everybody else, but one of the main goals of this um, podcast is, is for us to just interview... Just moms, moms who are doing all kinds of cool things um, all over the country in regards to creation care, um, and and also share some maybe some of the challenges they're having. So you will know that you are not alone. That there are plenty of moms out there, um, you know, doing doing the stuff that you do. Today, I am really happy to say that I'm going to be interviewing a friend and a business colleague. Um, Today's guest is Laura Burns. She is a mother from Ohio. She graduated from Oral Roberts University with a degree in biology and a passion for creation. Today, she serves as the Ohio field organizer for Moms Clean Air Force, focusing on the health of children in Ohio and advocating for clean air. Laura homeschools her children, plays catch with her three dogs, and enjoys a quiet life of an introvert when she isn't working. Laura's passion for her husband, kids, and God's creation will inspire you to engage with your faith community and community at large to protect what's most precious, the health of your children. Welcome, Laura. Thanks, Beth. It's good to be here. Um, so I'm really excited because our, our, you are our first official mom interview. Woo-hoo! Um, yeah. <laughs> and so um, let's just get people sort of caught up um with who you are. I mean, I, we sort of given the background, but I mean, that's just that's just the stuff that goes in the bio. Tell us a little bit about what what your life looks like as a homeschooler and and why you chose to homeschool and you know, like what the part of Ohio you're in is like.
1: Oh, so I live in a uh smaller community in Ohio. Um, And I was just joking with some colleagues on on Tuesday that I sometimes have trouble uh, figuring out how long it's going to take me to get someplace because here, if there's traffic, it's literally because there's a tractor on the road. But if I drive to Cleveland or Columbus, any number of things could go wrong, and I I have a hard time planning for that because I'm just not used to it in my day-to-day life. Um, So, yeah, I have two kids. Um, and we started homeschooling because, um, I like my kids. (laughs) I, I didn't want to give them up for the day. And, um, and I was homeschooled too, um, from second grade until I graduated from high school. So, um, it's been kind of fun to do it with them knowing like how much things have changed in the last 20, 30 years. It's, it's a really neat experience to get to share with your children when you're on the other side of
0: it. Now, um, tell us tell us what a, a homeschooling day looks like for you, because everybody does it different, right? Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, you know, I
1: know a lot of people do a very, very structured sort of day, um, and I don't. Uh, my kids know what their assignments are for the day. I have a third grader and a first grader. My third grader is pretty much independent with his work now, which kind of makes me sad that he doesn't need me as much anymore. Um, but my first grader still certainly um, needs a lot of assistance throughout the day. But uh, So they have regular core stuff, and then we um, swap out extra things like history and science and coding and typing and
0: um we toss up the days a little bit, so nobody gets bored. So, yeah. And, and homeschooling is different in every single state. So tell us what, um, the state requires of you in Ohio. Oh,
1: the state of Ohio requires, uh, quite a bit from me. I have to keep records and I need to prove that there's been growth and, um, uh, and I have to have a set number of hours for the school year too. So, um, Sometimes I feel a little bit envious of my friends who get to homeschool in states where the oversight isn't quite so heavy, but um, I'm a note taker, so it works out okay for us because um, I'm already prepared. <laughs> but sometimes it would be well, nice. Well, we not love note-taker. that you're a note taker. Yeah. That <laughs> makes me me. So actually, I started using um, the concept of bullet journaling to. Um, to keep track of what we do. And that is working out very well for us.
0: So I've never heard of bullet journal- journaling. What's that? Oh,
1: it's, um, oh my gosh, there's so much on Pinterest about it. <laughs> um, but it's it's a method of note-taking that's very um, minimal and orderly. Well, my version oh. is very minimal. Minimal. I don't spend a lot of time with the doodling and the coloring and stuff, um, because that's just not where my talent lies. But I like to look at my nice, neat little boxes in my notebook and see what's been checked off and what needs to be moved to the next day. And um, I like it. It's very no-frills for me. But it works for
0: us. So um, the way we've met is um, we work together um, in helping moms understand – God's creation and what that means, and um, um, you know how how that can look for a, a modern mom. And we we um, you're the one that turned us on to Mothers of Preschoolers, so I know that your kids are too old for uh, MOPS, which is what it's called for short. But tell us about um, your involvement with Mothers and Preschoolers, because I think um, your experience will really help women. And moms make a decision if they're sort of on the edge about what should I join or should I not join?
1: I was invited to a MOPS group while I was still pregnant with my oldest. Um, And I was really impressed by the fact that uh, people seem to make real connections in the group. You know, it wasn't like you had to rely on your high school friends to still be your mom friends and if you needed to make new friends, there was this whole, like a resource of women that were there who had children with special needs, who were parenting without their own parents being around, who uh, were working or not working and it just—it was one of those things that I was just like, okay, if I need to find a tribe, this is probably the only place I'm going to find it. Um, so I joined um, with my uh, three-month-old baby, and then throughout the years, I moved on. I became a table leader for a while, and then um, I moved on to steering team and did the um, the media and um, uh, the newsletter uh, for for our group, and I. It was probably one of my most favorite things that I have ever done um, in, I suppose you could say, women's ministries because um, I got to make that position what I wanted it to be. And through that position, I got to build relationships with women by – recognizing their birthdays and their anniversaries and remembering um, them when something difficult was going on in their lives. And I'm a really big um, handwritten note person. And so um, it was a really neat opportunity to send somebody something in the mail that was just for the purpose of saying hello and um, a hug,
0: you know. So, um so let's let's be clear that um most and not all but like the overwhelming majority of mops groups meet in churches um so it is a faith based um encounter mhm right yeah um, uh,
1: and, and... It... go on oh every group I've ever been to has been in a church
0: facility
1: in some form or another, you know. But um, you don't and everyone that i have to be a ever... right? Oh, absolutely not. No. You just need to be a mother with a child from birth until kindergarten um, to participate. So, uh, and like I said, there's such a wide variety of women that are there. Um, it becomes this giant melting pot of parenting and personalities and friendships and, um, it's a really, really neat uh, community to be involved in.
0: Cool. And um, we are, uh, you and I, are we have a Bible study with uh, Evangelical Environmental Network, and we have been sharing the Bible study with MOPS groups. Um, so if anybody is interested in... Um, getting a copy of the Bible study to share with their MOPS group, you can um, look at our show notes, and we've got a link there to click, and you can uh, download the Bible study. So the other thing that you've been doing is is you have, um, I love it that we can hear the kids in the background, right? I think that's awesome. Um, And uh, so the other thing about MOPS is is they're also looking for speakers, and you recently just spoke it a MOPs meeting. Tell us what that was like.
1: Oh, it's like talking to a bunch of your friends. (laughs) Um, You know, there's something about speaking before a group of women and saying, um, first of all, I know that these issues are frightening and concerning, and your children's health is something that maybe at times you don't feel like you're qualified to advocate for, but the fact of the matter is you are the best advocate for your children that could ever possibly be, because that's who you were created to be for them. So um, it's, it's a really empowering experience to get an opportunity to go in and speak with those mothers.
0: Right. Right um and um i think it's just so wonderful that um you're going we're going to save the work we're going to have a break um pretty soon and then we're going to save the uh work information um for the second half of the show but i just i just wanted to say that you know i, I think a lot of times mothers feel like they're they're not equipped right they're not equipped mm-hmm. to advocate for their kids and they feel like they're you know that no one's going to listen to them or they don't have the right knowledge and that really the 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 best part of being mom is, is it's the thing that you're most passionate about. And so speaking to anyone, um whether it's advocacy or just with a neighbor about the passion um you're experiencing with your kids, um mm-hmm. matters and it counts, right? Mhm. Yeah. It
1: helps to hear that you know, because mothers, not all mothers have a PhD in women's studies you know it's super right. awesome if you do but you know my degree is in biology i wasn't taught how to go and talk to people i mean a science nerd <laughs> we just sit in a lab all day long you know at least in my in my circle <laughs> that's what we do and so um learning that it's okay to not be the world's most eloquent person on your first go around is is very comforting because then you know you pair up with other women and and through mom's clean Air Force there's always somebody there with you. you're not out on your own, and that's the same kind of premise with mops that no mother is left alone, and we are all developing these skills and um, experiences together
0: well and I, I want to be clear because you know if you if you look at mop stuff like on instagram or or on Facebook, it, it all looks really fun, right? but you know mm-hmm. people are starting to really realize that we only share the fun stuff on Facebook. I mean, for the most part that's mm-hmm. really you know they don 't share the bad stuff. you know There may be a post every once in a while, pray for me, but by and far, um, Facebook and Instagram somewhat give a, can give a false narrative about the challenges um you know being a mom is especially if you're um when they're little and you can be you can feel pretty isolated cuz you're at home all the time cuz you know moving them is is um mm-hmm. you know can take half the day right but so um so that's one of the things that I love about mops too is is that um they're they're willing to to deal with the tough conversations and the tough topics I, uh,
1: you know I had been in MOPS for just a few months when I was hospitalized for postpartum depression. And the mentor moms, if you don't know anything about the way MOPS is structured, there is an older woman, someone who has already raised her children, or at least her kids are more like in the high school range, if not older than that, who sits at your table and becomes your mentor mom. And she, her purpose is to um, help you, to guide you, to answer questions, to offer support, that kind of stuff. And so there I am, a brand new mother, and um, I was in the hospital, and, you know, nobody looks good when they're in the hospital unless you, like, have a styling team, and I did not, so it wasn't pretty, and these mentor moms came in, and I tell you what, it has been eight years now, but I still feel like I can go to these women and say, hey, I really need prayer today, or can I just can I just tell you what's going on in my life and vent and they listen and they don't judge. And I mean, cause they have seen me at my very ugliest, my very worst, my most vulnerable stage of my life. And they've never once held it against me. They've continued to build a relationship with me, even though I'm no longer a Mops member. So it's just in my experience, I have built very good quality, solid, lasting relationships from being in MOPs.
0: And that just that, that just sounds so important. I just feel like there's a lot of sort of enlightenment happening right now um, in regards to um, having resources for moms like MOPs. And MOPs has been around for 45 years, but, you know, mm-hmm. just like – just like you said, like the first time you know you go and advocate, you may not be you know your most nailed down, perfect you know uh, eloquent self. But you know I think feel like MOPS has really sort of hit its stride too in regards to the kind of uh, conversations they're having, the kind of programming they have. Um, I think I feel like they're very flexible and listening to you know what the groups need. Some groups meet almost every single week, maybe twice a week. I mean, you don't have to certainly go. <laughs> as many times as they meet. But, you know, that, that just sort of proves the value of the friendships is that people want to see each other um, often. And so I feel like, you know, MOPS is just doing a really I, – I guess I feel like in some ways that they're, they're – I think it's 45 years. Um, they've matured, right? And so they they can help guide the groups the best way to interact in a more – spiritual way, but also in sort of just like a life hack way, right? Mm -hmm, Mm-hmm, mm-hmm.
1: It it is because, you know, you're drawing from everybody else's experiences when you have your questions.
0: Um,
1: And one of the the best meetings is always when they do a life hack meeting and people give their suggestions on how to um, make your money go further, on how to streamline your time at home and important things to have in your pantry and just... um,
0: just sharing where they are right now so yeah very good good tips cool um and i i I didn't even know they have a life hack meeting because i haven't been to my meetings yet um here in atlanta to see what's going on so um but i'm I'm looking forward to attending and and getting that knowledge we are going to take a quick break and then when we come back we are going to talk about the work you do which is so important and so vital uh for moms all over so we'll be right back we hope you're enjoying this episode of een moms talk if you want to engage more with us you can follow us on instagram at een mom you can follow us on twitter at een underscore mom or you can join our private facebook group at een mom just click to join and we approve you in the group if you want to download our free Bible study, hop over to creationcare.org and you can download it there. We really believe community is the key to everything, so we hope you will make us part of yours. Now, back to our guest. Okay, great. So we are here with Laura Burns, and we've been sort of talking about what her life is like in regards to um, home life and uh School with her kids, which she homeschools, and the the values of uh, of moms groups. But we're going to shift gears over into the very important work that Laura does. So, Laura, tell us what your position is and what you do.
1: So, I'm the Ohio organizer
0: for Moms Clean Air
1: Force, um, and that basically means that I organize moms and families. <laughs> around the environmental issues that are occurring in Ohio and, and nationally that impact our children's health. Um, when I first got involved with Moms Clean Air Force, it was back in 2011, and the major issue of the day was mercury and how much mercury there was in um, our uh, air and water that was coming from coal-fired power plants. And so um, I, I got involved. You know, I had a baby and a toddler, and I learned at that age how this thing that we call nap time activism works and how it really is a very simple way uh, to, to connect with, with your legislators. So now I'm mean, in, you know, I'm not a volunteer anymore. I'm, I'm getting to lead the volunteers, and it's so much fun to, to show these mothers um,
0: what I got to learn um, all those years ago. So tell us tell us about, like, how you work with moms. Like, do you just have meetings, or, you know, what, is, what does that look like? So a
1: lot of moms connect with us through our Facebook group, which is Moms Clean Air Force Ohio, um, or they find us on our website. Um, they go to momscleanairforce.org, and they're looking around, and they see that there's an Ohio Um page and they, and they will contact me directly and say, hey, I want to get involved, what can I do? Or um, I find you <laughs> and I say, hey, we have a lot of <laughs> common interests, let's connect. <laughs> do you like coffee? I like coffee. And so we get together and we talk about things and um, we have an opportunity to take these mothers with us when we go um, on lobby visits, when we do events. Um, One of the things that we are preparing for this year, um, we actually have quite a few events in Ohio coming up. Um, We're working on things around um, pipeline and natural gas waste. Um, We are working on two separate uh, faith events, one at a church in Mansfield that's going to be occurring for five weeks in a row, and then one that will be happening at Malone College. And then in May, we have what we call our Mama Summit. And we get all these families together, and we have them talk to their legislators and this year we are celebrating we're not um, allowing discouragement to come in, and we're not allowing the overwhelming uh, frustration that people feel <laughs> with with the way things have been going lately um, on a federal level. We are instead taking the time to look at the local leadership that we have in cities around the states of Ohio and say, "You guys are doing." An awesome job look at all these sustainability practices that you have in place thank you for your work on climate mitigation and, and to point out how these actions that they have taken at the city level are able to impact our children's health because you know Ohio um, we've got a lot of kids here and we have a lot of air quality problems here and so that means that about 10% of children in the state of Ohio um, have asthma and that's that's a lot of kids. And it's even more when you consider the fact that these children have parents who then are forced to miss work and other obligations when their child is sick. And these kids then have to miss school. So we have an inordinate amount of school and work days that are missed because of asthma that is triggered by things like Smog and air pollution and and even days when it's really, really hot outside. So we've got kids in the state of Ohio who just aren't getting to live their fullest life, but these cities are doing things to help them. They're putting air quality monitors around and they're making um, a better public transportation available to these families and, and for those um, within the city limits. And cities like Columbus and Lakewood have done amazing things with incorporating um, electric vehicles into their city's fleet and that's reducing the burden on um, our air quality. So great things are happening here and we get to take an opportunity to celebrate that
0: in May. Okay, let's talk a little bit more about what, because sometimes this stuff can, uh, I think you've done a great job of explaining, but it can be a little overwhelming to moms, right, because um, Mm -hmm. like, well, we want to let our kids play outside, we know that's healthy, but then we've got these air quality issues. If you're talking to a mom who's never um, had exposure to this, Are there like two or three quick tips you would give them about, and and they're concerned about the air quality in their area? What are some suggestions you would give them in regards to sort of limiting the exposure their kids might get?
1: Um, Well, one of the biggest things is in the warmer weather days, like towards the end of um, summer in particular, when the air quality is poorer because of the heat because the heat is amplifying all the chemicals that are in the air don't go out during the hot times of the day go out early in the morning spend your morning outside and then stay in um, as much as you can for the rest of the day and that's one of the easiest ways to avoid undue exposure um Another thing that I've talked to a lot of parents about is is talking to their school and saying um, that we really need to enact a policy on idling because, for example, there's a school in my town um, that the pickup line is right next to the um, playground. So all those kids are out there on the playground, and when parents come to pick up their preschoolers, the older kids are on the playground, but all the preschool parents are sitting there in their cars and they don't turn them off while they're waiting. So the kids on the playground are inhaling all of the um, exhaust from the waiting people's cars. And so, you know, it's not that big of a deal to just get in line and turn off your car. And these are just little things that I talk to parents about. You know, all you have to do is send an email to your PTA and say, hey, let's discuss how we can get this working. And if you don't have a PTA, then you talk to your child's teacher, you talk to a principal and say, These are things that I have noticed and for the sake of the children in our school who have asthma and for all the children, really, this is something that I think we should be working on. Well the and little I'll, little I'll, things.
0: Right. And I think that's what's really important is, is a lot of times when um we talk about um, caring for God's creation, um, we'll hear sort of the cultural, political, you know, hot buttons like climate change. And, I mean, people. Mm-hmm. some people still use global warming. And, 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 and it, I think for, for everyone, not just moms, it's like, well, you know, how do we change that? How do we, how do I, as, you know, mom sitting in Ohio or Georgia or wherever, you know, make a difference for the entire ice cap being melted out off of uh, ar- the Arctic now, which is, just Google it, it's there. So, um, but the the reality of it is is there's this um, this is an African proverb and it says many little people making many little changes in many little places can change the world and I love that because it really is just making some simple little changes and the other thing about the idling that I think is really important for people to remember is is you know, you you think, oh well, idling. You know, what's the what's the big deal? Well, first of all, your little ones' lungs are much much smaller, right? And they're much mm-hmm. much closer to the ground. So where you may not think about the exhaust so much per se, um, you know, think about your your toddler coming out of preschool and his or her little lungs next to that that tailpipe. I mean, that is that is actually a huge thing, and so. Um, you know it it may feel like a small change but the reality of it is it it's a huge change for the health of your child who's walking by all that exhaust and especially if they're in regular schools where they've got diesel school buses because diesel ha- does not have the regulations in regards you know our gasoline's cleaner because it's that's why it's called you know unleaded but diesel does not have those uh those requirements and all, most of all school buses, unless you're very fortunate to live in an area where you've got either electric school buses or natural gas school buses, you know diesel is really really sort of i mean, let's be honest toxic so um I think that is an excellent idea um in regards to uh a no idle policy and and don't normally people just sort of post signs up right at the school to remind people.
1: Um, I have been to schools where actually the monitors who are going out and um, putting the kids in the, in the cars are reminding people further back in the line to turn off their cars. Um, and I, I know people are always, they're like, why do you care about this? You homeschool your children. Well, let me tell you, I live across the street um, from a school. Um, and various school buses come to it because it's a private school. They come from different districts, so nobody has the same type of a bus. Nobody has the same type of um, exhaust system in place. There's there's no regulation there. And so um, on the days when my kids were really little and we would be playing outside in the backyard during pickup time, and it would be extra warm, you could taste. You, you could just taste uh. it in the air that something was different. And I didn't put two and two together until I took the kids out for a walk one day, and we just happened to be out while the buses were there, and I and I realized where it was coming from. So it's not just your children who are being impacted by this. If you have elderly people in your neighborhood, they are just as vulnerable because our our bookend generations here, the youngest and the oldest, they are um, your children in particular. They breathe a lot faster than us, just run-of-the-mill middle-aged adults, their their lungs and their bodies are working a lot harder and a lot of times the same thing happens for um, our older adults because of their age and, and other extenuating circumstances. They're breathing in more air because they're breathing faster. So, yes, maybe it's not bothering you at this particular instant, but I really think that a lot of this comes back to being a good neighbor and being a responsible citizen and thinking about someone other than yourself. Because, yes, when I sit in the pickup line for co-op to pick my children up, you know, sometimes a really good song is on the radio and I don't want to turn it off because I don't want to miss the rest of that song. But what is, you know, what's the trade here? What's happening is a big picture rizzle when I turn off my car when the other moms in line turn off their cars and I'm really proud to say that the women who come and the couple of dads who come to pick up their kids from our homeschool co-op everybody sits in line with their cars turned off and even in these really cold days that we've had um, in January the cars have been off so I'm super proud of them because you know it's a decision that you have to make and they're making a good one
0: Right, but it's not a sacrifice, I mean, really, right? If you've been in the car and the heat's been on and you're sitting, you turn the car off, it's not like your car's going to go, you know, temperature outside. Plus, you know, the way the, especially if it's a sunny day, the sun's going to warm you. I I mean, there's days that I'm in the car and I'm like, it's freezing outside, but I'm in the car and I'm burning up because, you know, sun is coming through the glass. Mm -hmm. So, and I think that's the other thing that's really important about creation care is, is that there's so many little things we can do that you know once again they really do add up and they really do make a difference um and so i want to be clear that if your mom listening to this and thinking oh i'm so on this this no idling thing um and you um want some materials Uh, link in the show notes. Um, It says download PDFs on education pieces mentioned. Click here. Click on that link and it'll take you and you'll be able to find. It's a PDF, so you'll have to print it out yourself or you can, you know, really do the creation care thing and just uh, email it or text it to someone. But we have um, Moms Clean Air Force, who Laura works with, has this great, I mean, there's, there's, there's dozens of things there, but there is one specifically on no idling. And then, you know, if if um you're doing this and you um don't feel comfortable maybe because what may happen is the the principal may say well you need to present to xyz and if you're not comfortable with presenting we don't have people everywhere who can present but we um we do have a network of folks all over um the the country so you know contact us and we'll be happy to come out and speak and worst case Scenario um we can skype somebody in you know that's not as good as someone being there in person, but hey, it's a lot better than no one being there at all so um you know, I would just want to make sure that everybody knows that we have plenty of resources to help mom if um if they don't have a no idling policy and and, and quite frankly, the no idling policy at schools, but think about your churches too right so um although many churches have um, daycare. Um, at their s- schools, um, you know, it's also a good idea for Sundays. Um, you know, because think about it: like if if people are pulling up into your portico, and people's everyone's idling sort of to move through the portico to help do it. You know, there's plenty of families and and um, I like to call our seasoned generation, um, our our, our um, you know our elderly groups that are walking by all that exhaust too. So it's another. Um, you know, maybe you're a homeschooler, but, you know, I'm, you know if, you're, if you go to another place to really consider getting a no-idling policy in. Um, and, and and I will be very honest that these no-idling policies um, is something you have to continuously work on, right, because you get new people and there's new parents. And, you know, so it's not like, hey, you do it once and then it's all taken care of, right, Lori? I mean, you you're going to have to sort of stay on it.
1: Well, but I mean if you're a parent that you're already aware <laughs> that you can't just set guidelines for your kids one time and walk away. You still kind of have to stay on top of it. And that's pretty much the way that it is with everything in our lives, you know. You just kind of got to monitor consistently <laughs> and make sure that nobody's taking advantage of of the one cookie after school rule in your house. So,
0: yeah. Now, are y'all tracking how many um locations are are doing this no-idling policy?
1: I'm not, personally. Um, I know mm-hmm. a lot of schools in larger towns have been very um, uh, successful with it because their city already has things in, in place. Um, when you're looking at smaller smaller areas, a lot of times it is up to um, the parents to come together and put it together um, just, just because... Um, you know there's just not always a lot of time for administration to tackle things
0: like that in a in a smaller setting right, with limited resources and things like that so so mm-hmm. that's that's um really cool and we probably between me babbling on we've probably beat that one pretty good so um, anything else that um that moms need to know about that you can help them with?
1: You know, a lot of the concern um, in the state of Ohio right now has been over pipelines. And so we have been talking to people and helping them learn how to uh, talk to their neighbors, in turn, about um, methane rules. Um, you know, there are things that are happening in our federal government um, that we have been working on, that I've been working on for several years, and we've seen a lot of families come together and say, hey, we want to be protected from pollution that we can't see or taste or smell, and we need help to protect our families. So um, if people are living near pipelines um, and are experiencing um, any health side effects, you know, and they want to know who to contact, Um, We can set them up with their local EPA office. Um, Or if they want to join us for any of our um, methane sessions that we have coming up, please contact me and I will get you times and addresses um, to participate in those discussions.
0: Cool, and we will include um, contact information for you in the show notes. notes. I did not put that in there, but we will make that addition. Um, I think it's really important. um, Some people know, some people don't. Uh, Natural gas um, is completely odorless, and you're like, well, why do they tell me if I smell something in my house I should call? And it's because they put an additive in it. When it comes into your Mm house, that additive is not added during transportation through the big pipelines. And so um, it's a real concern. And even though methane is something that gas companies can sell, um, the the sort of monitoring of the the methane leaking, um, they don't take you know, because there's a cost associated with monitoring the methane. And so depending on the age of the pipelines, you could have some really leaky methane. Um, And it's Mm -hmm. extremely dangerous and so, um, I think it's great that you're helping to get people aware of that, um, issue. And and quite frankly, right now, um, almost every state has a pipeline issue, right? Or has got pipelines going. Right. In. Well,
1: yeah. So it's a pretty big it's a pretty big thing around the United States and um Ohio just had, you know, we had another accident. <laughs> it it just it seems like it's in the news all the time and people get frustrated and Um, they just don't know what they can do when they're at home with their kids or um, they're taking care of a relative or something. You know, they can't just drop everything and run to the state house. But, you know, you can call your legislators and say, hey, I happen to know that right now there are um, federal rules that are being debated. Let me tell you, as a resident of the state of Ohio, as one of your constituents, this is what I think you need to do with this. They have people in their offices that that's their job, to answer the phone and take notes on who you are and what you said and then relay that to the senator or the congressperson. And that's their job, is to represent us, to take care of us by creating health and safety um, rules um, around industry that protect our families. And they also protect the people who are working in the pipelines and and constructing them and those who actually work for um, the industry that, that is, you know, that they're regularly employed um, to work on pipelines and an oil and gas infrastructure. You know, it's, this isn't about, you know, stripping them of a job. This is also about protecting their health because when, when these chemicals leak, it's not like they choose where they go. They leak into the air and air is air. It doesn't matter if you're a six-year-old boy or a 39-year-old woman. It doesn't matter what color your skin is. It doesn't matter what your educational background is. Air is air, and we all breathe it. And so I think that um, it's important to understand that when you make a decision to defend your air quality, you're defending the air quality of your community, and you're defending the air quality for your children's children and and I know that that's kind of like a big thought to think I mean I I don't consider what it's going to be like to be a grandmother because my kids are little but I do know that if that opportunity is presented to me I don't want my kids children to be suffering from air quality issues I want them to be able to have good clean water to drink that doesn't have lead in it that doesn't um That hasn't been poisoned by the algae like we've seen up in Toledo and and Sebring, Ohio and stuff. I, I don't want that to still be continuing. And so there are things that I can do today. I can reach out to my legislators. I can or you can call me and say, hey, Laura, I want to get involved. What can I do? I have 10 minutes today. Who can I call? I have 20 minutes today. Can you help me write a letter to the editor to share this with my community? And the answer to all those things is yes and let me get you a number because you don't have to ever feel helpless because there's always someone who can point you in the right direction and can get you answers for whatever's happening in your community and can then also connect you to uh, local actions that are being taken.
0: And I think it's important for, for moms to know, especially when they're little, um, that, you know, you don't have to be down at the state capitol even once a year. I mean, maybe once a year, right, for a cute pick up, picture opportunity, but, you know, everybody's got 10 minutes that they can take. And, you know, I, I called my congressman the other day, and, um, you know, they I called the Atlanta office, and then they transferred me up to D.C., and... You know, I mean, mm-hmm. I did it in the car. You know, I was, you know, I was multitasking. So, I mean, it's not, it's not that difficult. And the reality of it is, is most people don't do it. So that means that your influence as a person calling, showing that you're concerned, is actually, is really, really helpful. Because most people just, a, they don't do it, or you know, they, mm-hmm. they, they sort of use all those excuses. I'm not smart enough. You know how, you know. Why would they listen to me kind of thing? And the reality of it is is you're a voter, and voters matter. And I also think it's important as people of faith to to say, hey, I am an evangelical Christian voter calling you to let you know that I care about God's creation. And more importantly, I care about my kids' health, and I'm loving my neighbor, and I care about their health, and y'all need to do something about this. Maybe the y'all will not work in Ohio, let's be honest, but otherwise, you know. (laughs) Well, in southern Ohio, (laughs) it it will,
1: it will, yeah.
0: There you go.
1: Well, you know, um, you said, you mentioned that I graduated from Oral Roberts University, and I want to put in a little bit of a note here. Oral Roberts University is an incredibly conservative Christian university, um, and, and, and they are not known for being tremendously politically involved. However, my science professors, took the time to tell us if we didn't do something about it, who was going to do something about it. And at the time they were saying, you know, climate change is still like 20 years away, but it is coming. And we are seeing these signs now. And the way that we have chosen to disrespect the creation that we all think is so beautiful, but we're not being responsible with it. it, it's, It's shameful. And so, you know, I graduated from college with all of these thoughts in my head of, oh, my gosh, I believe that God created the earth. Well, then I had better be working my hardest to make sure that I am respecting creation. You know, if someone is collects artwork by, say, Monet, they don't go through and not dust them and not take care of them because that artwork is something that's precious to them. And if we are Christians, we're going to say that we believe that the earth is God's artwork. So, we need to respect it the same way we would with an impressionist masterpiece. You know what I mean? It's if we want to say that we believe that God created the earth, then we need to do a good job of taking care of it because you know, Sorry, I get really wound up about this because I, I, right. I love I'm so it. serious. I'm so serious about this that um, this Earth is a gift. It's not a right. Like we are given every single day. We're given every breath of air that we breathe. We are given every moment that our heart beats. And I know that there are a lot of issues going on right now when people are addressing drug issues and they're addressing sex trafficking and they're talking about all these big major issues. But studies have shown that when you spend time in nature, even just for a little bit every day, it helps you deal with all these other ugly things in the world. You know, your stress, your family situations, things like that. Nature is built in to help us relax and celebrate communion with god but if we don't have a good healthy environment to go spend our time in what are we winding up doing we have to stay inside the four walls of our home and that doesn't mean you don't love your home but when you are trapped inside all the time you're not getting the necessary vitamin d that you need you're not getting fresh air you're not getting exercise the way that we were designed to get it and it it kind of makes your life sad. It doesn't kind of make your life sad. It does make your life sad because it's not the way that it was supposed to be. And so all that to say that we, as Christians, have a moral responsibility to care for the home that we were given. This beautiful planet that we were entrusted with, we don't deserve it. Just like we say we don't deserve um, all the blessings that we get in our lives, we don't deserve to have such an amazing planet. And we need to treat it with respect because it is a gift. And it is an act of worship to the Creator to take care of what He has created and given to us.
0: That and that's is, the animal soapbox. <laughs> and, but. I'm like I'm I'm like hashtag preach girl. Come on now, hashtag <laughs> preach. It was excellent. So um, I I do want to be um, uh, respectful of everyone's time, but I cannot think of a better way to end this podcast. Thank you so much for your passion and your work and your dedication. And um, we want to make sure that people um, just real quickly we'll include more infor- information in the show notes. But if people want to. Uh, hop on Facebook, tell them, tell them what the address is for your your Ohio Moms group. And you don't have to be from Ohio, right, to be part of that group? No, but
1: you know what? There are also groups for, uh, like, 16 other states, too. Super. So odds are you're going to be able to find somebody who's close to you. But if you're in the Ohio area, Kentucky, West Virginia um, – When I do things in Southern Ohio, we have people who come up from West Virginia and Kentucky because it's, you know, that border is so close. So it's Mm -hmm. Moms Clean Air Force. It's a group. So Moms Clean Air Force, Ohio. Um, And you just type that in the little search bar at the top and um, we'll pop up.
0: Super. And then um, Laura is also participating in our private group for EEN moms. And so you can mm-hmm. um, chat her up there. And if you've got a question, hit her up there, too. Well, Laura, thank you so much for your time. And I just really appreciate it. And I appreciate you. You are a blessing in my life. And um, um, I'm just really excited about the work that we can do to lift and help moms. Thanks. Thanks for having me today. Super. Well, you and I will talk again soon. Um, If you want to talk to me or Laura, though, like I said, hop over in the Facebook, and we're happy to answer questions. I'm gonna I'm gonna disconnect you now. Okay. Okay. Thanks. Thanks, Laura. Bye bye. Bye bye. I just love passionate people, and clearly, uh, Laura has a deep passion for. Um, her work and um, her faith life and her family, and I just think it shined through the whole episode. Um, thank you so much for listening. This is our second <laughs> episode of um, our first season of EEM Moms Talk, and so we look forward. One of the things I want to make sure that you know is is if you are passionate like Laura, whether you are a volunteer or just a stay-at-home mom, um I shouldn't say just, but, you know, if you're a stay-at-home mom, you don't have to have a job to be on the show. But if you want to share your passion for uh, taking care of God's creation, we would welcome you. Uh, you can reach out to me via email, Beth, at creationcare.org. And we will see you next week. Thanks for joining us this week. Thanks for listening to this episode of EEN Talk. Um, so you'll be able to get more information on our website at creationcare. And we hope that you will like and subscribe to these podcasts on iTunes or your other favorite podcast player.
1: plus.